0: Well, good morning. I hope you're doing well this morning. Um, I'm really pumped that you're here because um, I think the Lord has something powerful for us. Um, I'm just I'm just often amazed at how much God shapes out what He wants to do, uh, just in ways that I could never plan, and I could never like, in my wisdom, um, build out something. Um, just so profound is what I think he has for us. Um, and so if you have a Bible, go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to be looking at the story of David and Goliath. Um, and I really want to, I really believe that um, God wants to enable us to live in the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Um, and so I want to see that. I want to show how that how that's depicted. Because when you look at the story of David and Goliath, um, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things that we can take from this story, um, but let's, let's, let's go to the end first, because um, I already let the cat out of the bag last week, that, Dave, that David wins. Um, so, for those of you that were like, oh, I didn't know, um, so that's, that's how it's going to go down. But let's, let's look at it specifically. So if you have your Life and Chaos book, it's page 25 or um, in your Bible, um, 1 Samuel 17. I want to I go to 53. So look at verse 53. Um, Let's look at how this whole battle ends. Actually, uh, verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine. There's There's the end of the story. He wins. So David prevails over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out with its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. Okay, this is the Bible, right? Like the well, a lot of times, like I mean, if you have kids or you remember when you were a kid, like this is the cute little David and Goliath story where David like sl- you know slings a rock and kills the giant and like the Bible just said that a guy grabbed the giant, just took his own sword and cut his head off. That's pretty gory pretty chaotic, pretty messy, kind of like life sometimes. He killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. So the wounded Philistines fell on the way. I want to I stop there because he, here's what I think is interesting. Um, if you remember last week or if you're familiar with the story, um, the, the Israelite army is really in bondage to the Philistines because they've got this massive giant who morning and evening for 40 days is taunting them and, and trying to basically belittle who they are and basically like, you got to beat me. And no one, everyone's like, I, we can't. And so they're living in the bondage and they're scared and they're in fear because they think there's, there's no way, there's no way that they could accomplish this. And then what happens? David goes and he slays the giant. Actually, God slays the giant. But, but here's what's crazy is what, what's the result of David's victory, of God's victory through David For all the rest of the people, what do they do? What do they do? They go from fear to like a party. Right? Like, what does it say in 52? It says that they rose with a shout and they're like, Let's go! Like, let's go get our enemy, let's go after them. Why? Because The giant had been killed. Listen, as we walk through the story, and I want to start here because as we walk through this this narrative, here's what this depicts. It depicts the work of Jesus Christ decapitating sin on the cross and setting us free to live like these soldiers who with a shout are going in the freedom that's been purchased for them to live the battle that is life. And so that's that's the story. That, that now these warriors are, they're no longer paralyzed by their enemy because what did their enemy do? He lied to him, right? Like what what did what did uh, Goliath say would be the result of their victory over him? Anybody remember? They would be slaves. Would be slaves. Is that were they like you beat us, enslaved? No, they ran. And here, because of David's victory, because of Jesus' victory on the cross over our sin, what happens? That we're no longer paralyzed by the lies of our enemy, and we're able to go forward in victory. Now, I want to try to be as practical as I can today, because I think there's a whole lot of pie-in-the-sky talk about victory in Jesus, and then we're like, how in the world does that change how I live every single day? Like, how does that affect my job? How does that affect being a mom at home? How does that affect um, having kids? How does that affect being a student? How does that affect being in difficult relationships? How does that affect being in good relationships? How does that affect me as an athlete? Um, and so I want to be as practical as I can. Um, this morning, that the foundational truth is this, is that the battle is already won. So often we view life as like, I got to go conquer this thing. Like, life's the, the maze, and we got to we got to conquer it, and I just want to be from the get-go, say the battle's won. We as God's people have to live in that, have to live in that. So um, here's here's what the story of Goliath does not first and foremost teach. Um, Go fight your giants, and you'll defeat them in the name of Jesus. Now, I think that there's some truth to, like, in Jesus we can face some things, But what does it mean that Jesus has already slayed the sin and the fear in our lives that enables us to actually step into faith and trust him and live in that victory? And so I want to go back to the beginning of the story. And I just want to give a couple things that I think will be really practical, hopefully, about when we live in the reality of a battle that's already won. Like, Like, if you're a Christian in the room, like... The battle's been won. How does that change how we walk out those doors? Um, so go back to forty-one. We're going to see a couple things. Um, it says, and, and the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth. We already talked about how David was like the most unlikely candidate ever, which is why I think this story. You know, there's a lot of people in the world that dispute the the truthfulness of this story. Like, there's no way this little kid defeats this nine-foot-nine, hundreds-of-pound giant. No, when you look at the, at the whole of Scripture and all the stories that surround it, like, it fits perfectly in the reality that it sets up God to be the hero. Because um, David, like, there's no way he could have done that. And he didn't. God did it through him. He was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you would come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. I mean, that would be a pretty fearful moment, right? Like when a nine foot nine dude stands over you and, like, basically, I'm going to feed you to the birds. And I love the confidence that David stands in, not in himself, but look at what he says. And David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. I mean, this is a kid saying this to this Giant, I'm going to cut off your head, and I will give your dead body to the hosts of the of the I will give your dead body to the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And here it is, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. David lived to exalt God's name above everything else that was the game changer here. He he stepped into this situation, and he goes, the only thing that that I want to see accomplished is that God would be exalted, that God would be seen as great, that God would be everything. Why? Because he's the champion. Like, when we see God through Jesus Christ as our champion, like, We stop like pursuing, like, I gotta I gotta become this person, I gotta be this, I gotta fill this role, I gotta like, no, I I have a champion. I have someone who's fought the battle already, who's won the victory, and so it enables me to to rest and trust him. Why? Because David was empowered by the Holy Spirit, um. I think it's easy for for me to stand here and say, what does it look like for us to exalt God's name above everything else? And then say, go do that. And we'd fail. How did David do that? Because he had God in him. He had the Spirit of God in him that was warring against his flesh and empowering him in the Spirit. Because when we live in the Spirit, it leads us to exalt God's name. And where chaos comes in our lives is from trying to make life about us, our victories, our battles. i got to d- defeat this situation in my life. i got to defeat this sin in my life. i got to succumb to the lies of how to, how to overcome a tough marriage or church growth or the, moving up the corporate ladder. i gotta, I got I to I figure this out. And sure, there's some things to figure out and, and navigate through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But it comes through the Spirit, and chaos comes when when we make it about us. David, and he stands in this moment, and it's not about him, because he knows he can't do it. Can I just tell you, can I just tell myself that you cannot accomplish the life God's called you to live? Like, go do it. You can't. God does it in us and through us by his Holy Spirit. We know Goliath. What was he? He's the instigator who stood on that mountain and was like making it all about him. Come beat me. Come fight me. He brought all kinds of chaos. And what did David do? David's the one who settles the chaos by drawing attention to the Lord. He's in control, he's going to fight the battle. He's going to do it. And, and I think so often we forget what happened in chapter 16. You remember, remember chapter 16 a couple weeks ago where, where they're anointing David as king and like all Jesse's sons are, are, are there and they're like, where, where's, God's like, this isn't him. Like, he's not here, go get him. And they're like, he's tending sheep. And they're like, bring him here. And all the brothers are like laughing, like there's no way this guy's going to be the king. And what happens, listen to these words, David took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers. And, and here's the thing. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. It's the only way we can win the battles and live in victory and exalt God's name is by the power of the Spirit working in us and through us. Now hold on, if you're like, how does this look? How do we do this Holy Spirit thing? I'm going to get really practical in just a minute. Because I think that's just this talk that we like, How do you actually do that? Uh, And I think it's really, really simple. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But David here, in this victory, he's in awe of God. Like, he steps into the battle because he's amazed at God. Um, I don't know if you're a basketball fan. Um, I kind of am. Um, So there's this player. uh, His name is Kobe Bryant. Maybe you've heard of him, um, and he just played his final, uh, final game of his career, uh, ever after 20 years. Um, and I don't know if you heard, maybe you did, um, but but in the last game of his career, not like he's no longer in his prime, he's no longer at his best. In his last game, he dropped 60 points and leads the Lakers to win a victory that was they weren't even supposed to win. And I, I'm watching this game, and I, like I was in. Oh, I'm not a huge Kobe Bryant fan. I'm like Michael Jordan. He's the best ever. He's all. He'll always be the best. No one ever be better, better than him. Anyway, and I'm just I'm in awe. Not even LeBron, Jeff. Um. Anyway, and <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Is anybody any basketball fans? anybody watch that game? Like I'm just I'm just in awe of here's this guy who's this is last game, and I'm like this is a champion. To score 60 points in your final game. Like, that's a champion. I was in awe of him. And what he accomplished. I wonder if we've lost sight of the wonder of God as our champion. Like, when's the last time you were just in awe, just sheer awe of God? Like, look at his provision. Look at his, like, he is the champion in my life. Not me, not my wittiness, my wisdom, my scheming, my planning, my expertise. Like, God's my champion. Like, it leads us to be in wonder and amazement. And I think that where we fail to walk in exalting God's name alone is where we lose sight of how amazing God is. That's why we sing songs. It's that God would stir our affections to bring wonder and amazement at at who he is. And so often when we make life about us, what we're doing is we're trying to be the champion. Trying to be the one. That, I'm going to figure this out. And God's like, you can't bear that weight. You can't do that. Um, so I think most of you know that um, they're not even here today. Uh, Morgan and Devin live with us. And the other night, not the other night, this was a while back, I'm sleeping, and I come and I get woken up, and I'm told that there's a mouse in the basement. I'm just like, okay, you guys figured out I'm going to go back to sleep. So it's like late at night, and there's a mouse just running around their apartment. And it's like a baby mouse that's just like fearless. Like, well, it's scared, but it's just like, I mean, if it's a big mouse, it's gone. You're never going to see it again. But this is like a baby mouse that's like this big. And so, like, I go down there, and um, it's—Devin wasn't even there. Um, And it's Danielle and I and Morgan, and we're like— They're like, we think we got it cornered, like, under this piece of furniture, and so I'm like, I'm like, all right, so I, I like get down there, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to like look but not set it free, right? Because like, we think we got it. This is the only, uh, the only escape. And so like I look, and I'm like, it's there, it's there. Okay, so we're like, what do we do? And so we're coming up. Like we come up with this one plan. I'm like, that's not going to work. We come up with another plan. That's not going to work. And I'm like, okay, here's what we do. We create—any of you like mice? Me neither. Um, we create one exit point. And we get it to come out that one way, and we set a trap right there. So I go, and I, and I, for some reason, my dad loves to bring me mouse glue traps. So every time he comes over, he brings me a stack of mouse glue traps. We don't have a big mouse problem. I don't want to lie. So I have this stack of mouse glue traps just waiting for me. So I'm like, I get every single mouse glue trap that I have. And, I, and I'm like, okay, here's the exit point. Here's where it's coming out. And i like, I just, there's tons of them. Right, So it's like, there's no way it's going to miss this thing. Like It's going to run out, and it's just going like, to catch and whatever it does. Um, and so there's just a bunch of them. And so we're like, okay, here we go. So we're making sure that this side's blocked off, and this side's blocked off. And so I go, and I, I get a broomstick. I'm like, All right, here we go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start working, working the, this thing out. And I'm back there trying to get this mouse to come out. And it, like, it's not coming out. I'm like, what is wrong? What is going on? Like... And so, finally, we're like, where did it go? And, and I picked the whole thing up at this point, and it's, it's gone. And so we're like, it got out the back. So we're like, we're pulling the, the, the dresser forward, and we're like, no, it couldn't have gone that way. And we're like, picking everything up, and we're like, like it's, it's gone. I'm holding the broomstick, and Morgan looks at me, and she's like, Dave. A broomstick and it was a broomstick that didn't have a cap and it had an opening on the end she's like maybe it's in there and I'm like here I'm like no no wait let's go outside so we, we go outside and I take the broomstick and I like do this and it comes flying out and then I just step on it sorry sorry but so all of you like mice now and you really feel bad for this mouse I, mean, I you should have been like yeah that was awesome And we almost woke up the kids because we were celebrating so loud because we had conquered this thing, uh, this gross mouse. Um, So I, I think that so often we view life that way. Here's the task to accomplish. Here's what i got to get around. And we even gather community around us to fight a battle that God's like, I've won. Rather than gathering community around us to fight out of the victory that we have, that we're like, i gotta, I got to mastermind the situation. Like, what if we do this? And what if we do this? And what if we do this? And it's void of like, God, give us your wisdom. God, come and help us. God, come and work through this. And so, I go to verse 47. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it into our hands. The fact that God's won the victory for us in Jesus Christ leads us to be a people that learn to accept that victory. No, I'm not talking about, but God's going to catch your mice. Like, just step back and pray, and God's going to, like, that's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm, what I'm talking about is, is this idea that so often we do tend to see life as this massive challenge that we have to mastermind, and we have to figure out, we have to figure out, how do we navigate this chaos? It was a little chaotic in the basement that night. I'm trying to figure out this mouse situation. Um, and as Christians, we fail to realize that the battle is the Lord's that he's the warrior, he's the, he cares more about the chaos that's going on in our lives, the things you cry over, the things that you're just deeply heartbroken, and that you're just like, God, what do I do here? God's not distant and laughing at you. He cares more about those pains and those situations than you ever could. And he's like, I'm your champion. I'm your warrior and i think that so often what we do is we diminish the work of the cross when we try to bear the weight of life and the battle on our shoulders in a way that we were never intended to bear and we were never intended to do but god's like i want to i want to be the champion i want to be the one that you look to and that you come to so what does this look like um I think that so, it's so easy as Christians to fail to walk in victory. Um, we could talk about being sinners, we talk about being broken, uh, but we're victorious in Christ. Um, which, which comes to this point of identity. That if you're a child of God in this room, you have an identity that's unshakable. Now, the enemy comes and wants to feed us lies, and then we try to, we try to believe those lies and, and navigate left and right and try to figure life out because of those lies. But in Jesus Christ, we have a new identity that, that leads us to Romans 8.37 that says we're more than conquerors, which means this. That you, yes, there's things we still have to do in life. Yes, there's battles we still have to fight. and Yes, there's challenges we still have to pursue, But those things don't ultimately define us. Like you getting that job, you getting that promotion, your performance as a teacher, your performance in school and your grades, whether or not you make that game-winning shot, whether or not you're the awesome parent who looks better on Instagram than the other parent, like those things don't define us. Do we still work hard at... at life, and do we still pursue to, to be the best we can be? Absolutely. But what it means that we have an identity in Jesus Christ is that he's won the victory, and we rest in that. And that informs and changes how we live, how we wrestle with our spouse and fight with our spouse, how we wrestle with our parents and fight with our parents, how we navigate sickness and challenges and a political battle, and just how, how do we figure this out? And where we fail so often as Christians is we forget that the battle is the Lord's, that He's given us a new identity. Um, so the Lord—I had this situation come up uh, last week um, where I got a call from Subway, and it was just, like, chaos just all over the place. They're like, this person's hurt, has to go to the ER, this person's almost dead, this person's sick, this—that was exaggerating there. Um, I shouldn't have done that, sorry. Um, but just, like, no one could work, no one could come in, like, it was just chaos. And I'm like, this is supposed to be my short day, I'm supposed to be going out of town with my daughter um, for an enjoyable weekend away, um, and— uh, I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. And so like I'm, I'm driving out to Subway to be the champion and, and, and figure this out. And so I just begin to say, okay, here's what we need to do. We need to move this person to this store. We need to move this person to this store. We need to put this closer here. And I just begin to navigate a plan. And I called people and I said, here's what we're doing. And I just put a plan in place. The day goes by and I'm driving home from work. And the day went amazing. I'm driving home from work. And, and I'm like, I start to like pat myself on the back, like, wow, like I really, plan, like really did a good job as a boss. Like I, f- I figured out the, like how to navigate that situation and just make the day go really well in the midst of a whole bunch of garbage. And the Lord just convicted me, and I just felt like he said to me, you realize that you didn't do that, right? So for the, for the past several weeks, my favorite verse has been Proverbs 2.6 which just simply says, for the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And that's been my prayer. God, give me wisdom. Give me knowledge and understanding. I need your help. I need your help. Now in that chaotic moment, while I like, like, God, help me. Like, I just thought and I just did what I needed to do to figure out the day. But here's, here's, what, here's what it means to be spirit-filled and here's what it means to be a people that live in the spirit is that we actually allow God to empower our wisdom and power our thoughts. And God's like, I'm the one who gave you that wisdom to think through how to fix this situation and bring the best possible scenario out of this chaotic situation. And He just convicted me of that because I was like, wow, that's, I did a really good job as a boss. And He just reminded me that this is what it looks like to be spirit filled. And to, to let the Lord fight the battles is that ultimately at the end of a really chaotic, crazy day, that doesn't define me. When you have an awful day at home, that doesn't make you an awful parent. When you have an awful day at work, that doesn't make you an awful boss, an awful employee. It doesn't define you. The battle's of the Lord's. The Lord's won the battle, and He's given you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit wants to infuse wisdom in your life. And where chaos comes is we want to get a hold of life and believe the battle is ultimately ours to fight. And, And God says, I've given you my spirit to do this. Let's keep reading. 48. And when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. Here's what I want to pull out of that. A lot of things I could pull out of that, but here's what I want to draw our attention to. Is the fact that David ran quickly. Um, I, I don't know about you, but in that situation, I don't know that I would run quickly. But here, here's why David ran quickly. It's because he knew God declared the victory over the situation already. He knew that God was the warrior. He knew that God was his champion. And when God's your champion and God says, go, what do you do? Like, you go. You follow. You're like, okay, Lord, like, you're, you always win. Can we just be, can we just be clear there? Uh, God always wins. Like, who wants to be on that team? You hated being on the team against the guy who was really good and always won. Like, why can't it be on that team? Or like, when I had a practice in high school or college and the the, other, like the best player on the team, like, you'd scrimmage against them and they'd, they'd always beat you. And I, at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, they're on my team. Like, that's a good deal. Like, you want to be on that team. And what enabled David to run quickly to the battle line was that he knew who his champion was. He knew who his warrior was. And he's like, I'm on his team and I cannot lose. I cannot lose. Now hear this, that being victorious in Jesus doesn't always mean that your giants are going to have their heads cut off and you're going to walk away with your arms up. Sometimes victory in Jesus might mean that you lose your job, but you never lose your identity in Christ. It might mean challenges and heartache and difficulty. But he's still the champion. He's still the warrior. He's still won the battle. And when we run forward in confidence and obedience, here's what happens. Uncertainty fades and fear is put in its place because he's the champion. In the midst of the chaos... So this weekend, um, I had the opportunity to go be a part of a celebration um, for a girl that came to know Jesus through my teaching at North County Christian School, Um, and uh, so she got married this weekend, and so Danielle and I planned it'd be really awesome if I just took took Mikhail and kind of a weekend away, take Mikhail on this trip. And we'll get a hotel with a pool and we'll swim and have a bunch of fun, and then we'll hit a wedding and because of what a young girl does not like putting on a dress and going and seeing a bride and so we uh, we we set out I pick her up from school, we run home, we get all her clothes, and we jump in the car and we're headed to Joplin. I did the whole priceline a hotel um, so we he- we head out to to, to Joplin and uh You know, I'm like, I know I'm going to break some of mom's rules because we're going to have some fun and um, eat some things we shouldn't eat. And uh, so we're first exit, babe, where do you want to go? She's like, steak and shake. I'm like, all right, go steak and shake. So we we got chicken fingers. Chicken's healthy, right? Um, And uh, a shake. Sorry, babe. Um, And uh, so we're just having fun and snapping pictures, trying to uh, take pictures of the trip. And we're driving down Highway 44 just before Lebanon. And the car dies. I lose all power. And so I just kind of veer off to the side as fast as I can. So I'm sitting on the side of Highway 44. Um, and I had just got done telling Mikhail, hey, babe, like, let's, like when we stop, let's be quick. Because if we get to the hotel quick enough, the pool closes at 11. We can swim tonight. She's like, tonight? I'm like, tonight. So I'm sitting on the side of Highway 44, and uh, I'm, I call AAA, and they're like, "We'll we'll send a, We'll send a tow truck." And so I'm talking to McKay. I'm like, "She's like, Daddy, what's wrong? Like, Daddy, start the car. Daddy, like, Daddy, try again." And and uh, she's like, "Daddy, are we gonna get to go swimming?" And I'm like, Babe, I don't know. I don't know. we I'm trying. I'm trying." She's like, "Daddy, I just prayed. Try, try starting the car again." and uh, i'm like i'm like babe i don't, I don't think we're going to make it so she like she starts crying and and i ha- i had this moment where uh, like the tow truck driver arrives and we we get in the tow truck and i'm like here babe smile you're in a tow truck and she was not amused at all and uh, and i and i had this moment where i, where I was just mad at god cuz i was like come on lord like, what the heck are you doing? I' got this awesome weekend plan to get away with my daughter and and it's ruined, right? And so um, so we get in the tow truck and the tow truck drives us an hour to Springfield um, and uh, the, the card said there's some major issue uh, with the hybrid system and so I'm like, well, we better take it to the dealership and so I drop it. At the dealership. Um, and all the while, I'm like, I, I, got, I got to find a hotel for us to stay in. And it needs to have a pool, right? So I'm on the phone with AAA, and they're so incredibly helpful. And we cannot find anywhere that has a pool, that has a room that's available. And the driver's super helpful, and he's trying to help out. And we drop the car, and he takes us to a hotel, and uh, they didn't have a pool. And, um, and, and I told Mikhail, I was like, babe, I'm, I'm really, really sorry. And she's like, daddy, summer's coming. I'm going to get to swim a lot. It's totally okay. And so she told like I changed, changed my spirit. And I'm just trying to navigate. Just, it's just this chaotic situation because then I have to get to a wedding, but I have a car that's broken down. And dealerships and, and car shops, they don't, like, they don't do much work on the weekends, and, but, but the Toyota dealership was open. And so I call them the next morning, and they say, the codes show major error. Major issue with the hybrid system. Um, we might have it done by, by Tuesday. And I'm just like, like one, I kind of got to get home before Sunday morning. But two, um, I have a wedding to go to. And so they're like, oh, we can get you a rental car, and it'll just be a couple, couple hundred dollars, and blah, 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 blah. And, um, and Not to mention the fact that I booked a hotel on Priceline that they can't refund that because it's not refundable after 24 hours, and so I'm like, well, let's go to this hotel, and so paying for two hotels. I'm just like, God, like, what are you doing? And so I called a good friend of mine, and he finds me a family that has a car that they're willing to loan me, and my friend drives, gets that car, drives to me, takes me to the Toyota dealership. I talk with them, trying to figure out, navigate the chaos of what's going on there. I walk, um, um, we, we get in the car and my buddy has somebody take him home and I get in the car with Mikhail and we drive to, uh, we didn't make the wedding but we made it to the reception so I could celebrate with this girl. Um, and in the midst of all of that uh, I'm sitting at the reception celebrating this wedding um, and just burdened by like, how, how are we going to figure this out and what about the car, major issue, blah, 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 blah. And uh, And I get a phone call, and went to voicemail, and I checked it later, and and the guy from Toyota's like, "Uh, "Hey, wanted to let you know that um, it it looks like the issue is related to a recall, Um, and all we got to do is get parts in, and and you should be good to go, Um, and uh, and so like I'm just floored by that, Um, and so we get in the car. And I'm, I'm driving home, and Mikhail's in the back, and we're beginning to just talk about the weekend and talk about, and this was not at all what we planned or what all what we wanted, right? Um, and in the midst of that, like, like, I just began to be in awe of God, because I, well, it didn't go how I wanted, like, it, like God showed up in crazy ways, providing a car, allowing me to have crazy, awesome conversation with my daughter. Like still got to go back and get the car, but that's okay. But allow me to see one of my best friends in the world. Let me just, I didn't make the wedding, but I got to this. Uh, like, and so in the midst of it, I'm, I'm literally driving home, and like God's just reminding me there's life in the chaos. Because let's just be honest, that, that trip... Is the story of all of our lives, right? Like it just never goes the way we want. And God, and I'm just worshiping the Lord on the way home because He's like, there's life. Like in the midst of the chaos, there's life. When you allow me to do what I want to do, and when you trust me, and you trust that the, the battle's been won, and, the, and, and I'm your champion, and I'm your warrior. And so I'm well aware that right here in this place that the situations in our lives don't always lead to free car repairs and friends that give you a free car. I'm well aware that that situations in life don't always work out that way. And so that's not what I'm saying. Like, trust God, and it will always, like, you'll always get the easy way out. But here's what I am saying: is that God provides. He provided the necessary means to allow David to defeat Goliath because he was the champion, he was the warrior, and David was in awe of God because God is the one who is victorious. And I just want to declare that over us this morning. Where in your life are you fighting battles that God's like, I, I want to fight them for you? Like, Where in your life are you pursuing wisdom and trying to navigate life in such a way that God's like, you're working so hard for something that I've accomplished, and I want to walk with you. Through, it. I want to walk with you in a daily apprenticeship with my son. Um, why don't we pray, and then uh, we'll just prepare to respond to the Lord? Let's uh, let's pray. I just want to give you a minute to to think about what it means to live victoriously. In Jesus? Where in your life do you see chaos? And where is God trying to show you His abundance in the midst of it, His presence in the midst of it? He's enough, He's going to provide. God, thank you for being our champion. Thank you for being our warrior. The one who's defeated, literally decapitated sin in our lives. God, we need your Spirit's presence to enable us to live in that victory. God, forgive us for trying to figure it out on our own. Forgive us for that. And I pray that you would stir our hearts to be in awe and wonder of you. God, I'm amazed by you. And I thank you for the cross. God, I pray that now we could celebrate the life we find in the chaos. God, thanks for Jesus. God, would you move among us? Um, in Christ's name, amen. Um, I just want to encourage us as we respond to the Lord to, no matter, what's, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what you find in your life, the challenges that are before you, this moment is about surrendering your heart to a God who wins and who wants to conquer life For you, and so as we respond to the Lord, we celebrate the broken body and shed blood of Jesus. We surrender through the gifts, through giving to the Lord. May we remember a God who, who's purchased our identity for us. Let's uh, let's sing and respond to.